Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio with our host, Mr. Frank Selby, the premier fly fisherman um, on the throughout the world and he also has a uh, tackle shop where you can buy custom flies i'm not going to say that frank is going to tie him but he might but he's got this girl in there that just cranks him out and frank knows what to use depending on where you're going and you know you can buy flies cheap but when you call frank and say well this is what i'm doing this is what i want He'll deliver it to you, mail it to you. You can stop by and pick it up in Newport Beach, but he'll deliver it to you exactly what you want, exactly what you need. Frank, welcome to uh, Fish Talk Radio. Yeah, and uh, we're getting already getting calls for next year in Alaska. Well, let's talk about Alaska for a minute, Frank. Last year was kind of a screw-up. Um, we changed the dates twice. Uh, we even changed the resort, but learn my lesson. I looks like it's going to be probably the middle of July, um, and uh, I'll give some details. I think we're going to go back to where we used to go all the time because of the price. And they have uh, captains that uh, live there, work there, um, and know where to catch fish. So what we're going to do is uh, put together a package. Um, we might even include a one-day charter if you want to pay more, but I think we'll just keep that separate. And yeah. it's going to be, uh, we're going to be putting some prizes together for the team for, per boat for two person or four people per boat, and we're going to have some good prizes. And we're going to include the, uh, the four-passenger uh, covered cruisers that we have at our disposal and of course it's all inclusive with all the bait gear tackle food and etc etc so we'll be announcing that uh, with probably within the next week as to exactly where when and how much so start planning looks like the middle of july Okay, yeah, Frank. We, we've already got some ready to go. I believe so. All right. We've got to go, but we will be right back. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin Fishing Shoes and Boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. With a long pedigree, the Snow Bee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe, Snow Bee is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders, clothing, rods, reels, fly lines, bags, and innovative new accessories. Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snow Bee makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and our host, Frank Selby. And we have a special guest, Jeff McAvoy, Jeff, Jeff McAvoy, who lives in Maine. And Jeff, I'd like to make something real quick. We don't get a lot of people on the air from Maine, but I suspect, you know, Maine was one of our first, you know, uh, I don't know if it's first colony, but one of the first places that uh, people from um, the old world <laughs> came. And I suspect that they subsided on the natural resources because Maine has a lot of them with hunting and fishing. And uh, I just want you to comment on that real quick. Right now, I haven't been, I can't really speak too much that I haven't been around that long, but. Uh, no, no, I know. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, was obviously important to a lot of the people that lived here before people settled, you know. I mean, a lot of the uh, saltwater stuff, the clamming, the fish, uh, real important to locals. Of course, moose, uh, caribou, which we don't have anymore. Um, we're big for natives, and uh, fishing and hunting obviously plays a big role in what we do today still. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, because that's what you do. And you operate... Uh, Jeff uh, McAvoy, you operate Weatherby's Maine Fishing and Hunting Lodge. Um, so tell us real quickly how to get in touch with you and where it is and what you do. Yeah, well, uh, we do on a tradition, or operate a traditional Maine lodge. We have uh, 15 cabins. We accommodate oh. up to 40 people, full service, meals, lodging, uh, fishing, and hunting guides. Mm. Um, been operating since about 1900 here. Um and, uh, yeah, still a very active part of the community. Well, I suspect you probably were, were around even then. No, but, not even <laughs> <laughs> Has it been in the family? No, no. I've been guiding myself for about 35 years. Started when I was in college and uh, never thought at the time that I'd be doing it today. But you know what? 
there's worse things to be doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like what you're you doing, you honestly didn't work that long because if you love what you do, you never work. Well, not only that. Think of what he, where he goes to work, what office he works in. You know, yeah, he's, he's out out in the wilds or out in the lake, and you know that's where he goes to work. Yeah, yeah like well, I tell people, I retired when I was thirty-nine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick information on how to reach you. Uh, best way, internet, website, weatherbees.com, spelled weatherbys.com. It's the easiest way to get us. We have a Facebook page, Weatherbees Lodge. So it's like uh, weather, uh, it's like weather that you spell weather, and then yeah. it's B-Y-S, apostrophe S. Yeah, B-Y-S, we have a Weatherbees. Oh, B-I-S, there's no apostrophe, weatherbees. Right. Dot yeah. com. That's easy. Facebook yeah. page, Instagram account, same thing, Weatherby's Lodge. Um, well, even in Maine, then, I suspect you're pretty operate uh, a lot of months out of the year. Uh, well, we're here. We operate pretty much May through the end of October, so we're mm-hmm. coming up on the end of our season. Mm-hmm. That would be the next few weeks. hunting um, season. Yeah, we're, right now we're still fishing for landlocked salmon, and we're hunting for rough grouse and woodcock, and mm-hmm. we actually had moose hunters in last week. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we do a little bit of everything. Wow. John? Yes, sir. Woodcock is the most funnest bird that can make preachers cuss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm lying, I'm dying. I know, because that was what I cut my eye teeth on when I was about seven years old. They call them wood, wood, uh, uh, Chuck. They uh, tend, not woodchuck, that's so many kind of woodchuck chuck. Uh, woodcock. And it, it seems to me they kind of uh, hang out in the you know, lower part of the mountains and rocks and things. Is that right? Well, uh, it's actually an upland bird, so we hunt them uh, typically in old farmland and wet areas. Yeah. Uh, migratory, so they breed and nest up in this country in the northeast and up in eastern Canada. Mm-hmm. Great Lakes area, and then they migrate down to Gulf of Mexico. Oh, they do? Winter- yeah. So a lot of people don't know that. The uh, grouse that we hunt, rough grouse, mm-hmm. is a native bird, and it lives here year-round. Yeah. And, and what's the best time to come up and hunt for uh, grouse? Well, I know that grouse are uh, very tasty, at least unless they've been eating sage. But, uh, um, you know, they're a great table fare. And what about the woodco- oh, wood Woodcock. Uh, some people love them. Some people don't like them. It's a dark meat. Migratory mm-hmm. birds have a, a red yeah. meat, mm-hmm. um, similar to a duck. Mm-hmm. So it's a little stronger flavor, but quite tasty and uh, prepared properly, uh, like any wild game, real good. Mm-hmm. Well, you make good stew, huh? I wouldn't make stew out of them, no. Really? No, me either. Oh. A little crab apple underneath the breath. And a little honey and orange on the top, and it is a wonderful meal. Well... And uh, tell us about hunting and fishing. Um, you mentioned the, the upland birds and you know, landlocked salmon, but uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the lodge. That sounds, first of all, where is it? How do you get there? Well, lodge, we're in the eastern part of Maine, very close to the Brunswick um, border, mm-hmm. Canadian border, um, and about an hour from the coast. So mm-hmm. um, about as far east in, in the United States as you can get, Eastport, Maine. Yeah. East- most point of the U.S. is about yeah. an hour from us, uh-huh. uh, so not too far, and right. easy drive from the lodge. Well, you mentioned you're that far from the coast. If somebody wanted to go, like you said, clamming or uh, lobster fishing or something, can you do that? Uh, you could probably go on a recreational experience. I mean, everything's you got to be licensed to do anything, uh, either a recreational license or 
commercial license, but um, there are people who'll take you out on kind of a tourist lobster operation. There's bird watching, of course, bird watching tours and uh, and whale watching is a uh-huh. big summer activity. Well, you've well. got a tremendous amount of variety. I always like to give people at least a range. Uh, first of all, how do they get there and where do they fly into? And some sort of a, a range on what the prices are. Of course, you do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, we do primarily full service, so we're talking about, you know, roughly $200 a day per, per adult, um, and that includes all your meals, your wow. wine, and use of equipment, you know, fly rods, waders, spinning rods, etc. Man, save um, up your paper route money, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, so um, that, uh, that typically works. We run specials in the summer where kids in July and August are free, so you uh-huh. can bring families and the kids don't have to. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, so we try to get Why families. Why do you think I got it? Uh, there you go. Summertime, well, the other thing, you know, is people, people like to go to Alaska because it's different. And just if you want to see Maine, this sounds like the way to do it because you get get the real thing. It's not a tourist. You know, you get out in the wilds, you go to the fishing. And if you want to visit Maine, even if you don't want to hunt or fish, it sounds like a place to go. There's a lot, lot to do, a lot of hiking, a lot of camping, a lot of great restaurants and hotels and inns, and, yeah, it's a great state. Mm-hmm. One quick question. About how far from the airport are you to your lodge? Well, it depends which airport, but Bangor is probably the biggest commercial airport. We're about two hours from Bangor. Same thing with Presque Isle, two hours. Yeah. Well, do, you have a, do, you have a shuttle, do you have a shuttle service? Uh, yeah, we do. We pick up folks that need rides, so we do that on a regular basis in, mm-hmm. uh, during the season. And um, obviously, car rentals are an easiest way to get here. And there's yeah. float plane shuttles as well, if you wow. want that. Wow. That, yeah. And are you on a lake? Uh, yeah, right on West Grand Lake, uh, in and on the on the in the town of Grand Lake Stream. But uh, our river that we fish is also called Grand Lake Stream. So. Well, let me say one more time. If you've never been to Maine or you want to see the real thing, it's like you can take a cruise ship on the Inland Passage, but you don't really get to see Alaska. But if you want to visit Maine and get the real, you know, inside, which is outside, um, then I would definitely go to weatherbees.com. And, of course, you can give them all the information you need. And it's not too early to start making reservations. You find it's a lot cheaper, uh, airlines, and get the, the time that you want. Even though you've got a big lodge, I know that the busy season comes up. Yeah, yeah, May and June are our busiest time. That's the best fishing, typically, and yet uh, we fill up pretty early. Yeah. Wow, this is exciting. I wish we had more time. We're going to have to bring you back and talk about it some more because I want to learn some more about Maine and, and local habitat and such. And like I mentioned, it's uh, uh, it's one of those places where you could forage uh, and survive. Yeah, you probably still could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to have to... Unfortunately, let you go, Jeff. Jeff McAvoy at Weatherbees, like weather, W-E-A-T-H-E-R, and then at B-Y-S dot com. Sounds good. All right, Jeff, we appreciate it, and I'm sorry it's a short time, but we gotta we got to let you out of here. But uh, trust me, we'll be back. All right. Well, yeah, Jeff, I'll definitely get you back. Okay. Good. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you taking the time all the way from Maine. Have a good day. All right, everybody. Thanks. Okay. Um, yeah, that's Frank. That sounds fantastic. Two hundred bucks a day. That's that's. I uh, know. And uh, you, uh, I wanted to get in. Uh, if you didn't want that, he has 
uh, ways that you can do a, the lodge for less than that if you, if you yeah. don't want everything taken oh, care yeah, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, even if you don't want to fish. Okay, we got to go. We're out of here. And we'll be right back, and uh, we've got some great guests coming up, so listen to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. passionate sports fishermen who value first-class fishing experiences paired with personalized service and amenities, all-inclusive Salmon Falls Fishing Resort on the Inland Passage reinvents the Ketchikan fishing getaway. Guests enjoy exceptional gourmet cuisine, superior fishing excursions, fully guided charter or self-guided in center console boats accommodating three anglers, updated guest rooms, and suites. On-site fishing processing to clean, freeze, and pack your catch. Rooms range from log cabin rustic to modern. Our 52 rooms offer the ultimate in comfort after a long day of sightseeing, fishing, and exploring Ketchikan. Non-anglers love Salmon Falls, too. Shopping along Creek Street, kayaking, hiking, whale watching, or gathering around our fire pits with a hot beverage. All at prices less than expected. Just pull up Salmon Falls Resort in your search engine. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar. Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at V-A-G-A-B-U-N-D-O-S dot com or call 800-474-BAJA. With a long pedigree, the snow Snowbee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe, Snowbee is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders, clothing, rods, reels, fly lines, bags, and innovative new accessories. Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snowbee makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com. A full-service fly shop. His and her fly fishing offers FFI certified international fly fishing instructor and guide service with Frank Selby. Listen to Frank as host of fishhunttalkradio.com or listen live Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sirius XM radio channel 211. Custom flies are handmade to, to your order in-house in Newport Beach. Fishing in Mexico, Belize, Florida, or the Rockies, Frank and the staff will deliver exactly what you need. Flies and gear. Google his and her fly fishing. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and, of course, our host, Frank Selby. And, uh, Frank, we have a special guest coming up. And he's going to talk about what I believe is the most important gear that you have for fishing. Without this, you're not going to catch anything. You know, you got the micro braid line you got some graphite poles you got these fancy reels but without this you got nothing as a matter of fact um 
we're going to introduce Matt Swainback, National Sales Manager from Mustad. And How you guys doing? He may not know everything, but he knows a lot. And by the time we get done, he's going to be on for two segments, which we normally don't do. And so by the time we get done with this, you should know all you need to know. And, you know, they have, I guess, hooks made out of bone that goes back thousands of years. That's and, correct. And, uh, you know, some... Some string or some. Uh, I guess the Chinese started with uh, silk thread. Yeah. But uh, with without the hook, <laughs> you ain't gonna catch no fish. Sure. But, John. Uh, yes. Silk thread lines stay uh, came all the way up into the early 19th century. We were still using silk fishing really? line. Wow. Yeah. And uh, but you still have to have a hook. You got that so right. We, we got the bone hook, or you know, a couple of different styles. But how many, how many skew numbers do you have, Mark, on different hooks? Uh, I think Man. right now we're about six thousand different, <laughs> different bar numbers now. <laughs> All right. Well, in twenty-four minutes, we're going to describe each and every one of them and what you do with it, right? Oh, don't don't quiz me on that one. <laughs> I won't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a lot, a lot of your hooks can be used. For regular or fly fishing, we tie our tie or make jigs out of both on the same hook. Sure, yeah, there's there's a little crossover. I mean, we do make we do make a lot of hooks specifically for fly fishing. Maybe you know a little bit lighter wire or something that's a little bit uh, a little bit more concealable within the fly. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's definitely definitely some carryover for well, sure. Let's talk about Mustad for a minute, if you don't. Uh, uh, mind Jeff, a couple of things. How long has it been around, and who makes the most hooks worldwide? <laughs> well, we've, we've been around the longest, and we we make the most hooks worldwide. That's for sure. I mean, we've been making hooks ever since the 1800s. Um, and yeah, I mean, about 90 percent of all of the hooks sold worldwide are mustad hooks. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, U.S. is obviously just. Just one of our major markets, but you know, obviously uh, uh, across the globe, I and mean, we're sold in 160 different countries. So mm-hmm. across the globe, we find mustad products. Well, fortunately, this show reaches all of those people. Great. And because uh, we're on the satellite we're on Sirius XM now, we're on uh, Saturdays at 9 a.m. on on Sirius uh, 211, right, Frank? Yeah, that's right. And then, and then it would be at noon on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and you can have all the, the marine bases, all the bases. Oh, yeah, we're on, yeah, that's right, I forgot. We're on, uh, is it Air America, I think? And they're on, I think, something like 100, 160 broadcast areas with like 300 uh, um, different uh, programs. Wow. But we're everywhere. We're everywhere, and that's where Mustad is. So, I think it that's would be a, 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 a great uh, combination. We'll have to see if we can work together. But a uh, couple of questions: um, If we try and pare it down um, by category, instead of six thousand, let's bring it down to like six or ten. <laughs> okay. Of the the most popular type of hook. Sure, I mean if you're talking, you know, I think I think what some people get get hung up on is is hook type and not necessarily 
you know, your fishing application. I mean, as, as you mentioned before, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of hooks that could be carried over to many different fisheries, you know, but, uh, you know, but must not. I mean, obviously, fly hooks is a big part of our of our sales group and, and of our heritage, obviously. Mm-hmm. That could definitely be, be one segment you break things out into. I know you mentioned big hooks before. You know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the best-selling jigs worldwide will call out using mustad hooks. I mean, just a, a symbol of, of quality. I mean, if you're fishing shad darters or bullet heads or crappie jigs or walleye jigs, you know, a lot of that stuff you're going to find um, across the world is is using mustad hooks. I mean, a couple of those are definitely a couple of big categories for me. You know, we also uh, I know we've talked about it before on, on the site that circle hooks is another another huge category in terms of sales. I mean, these are traditionally something that get gets used mostly salt water. Um, a little bit of carry over to fresh water. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that mm-hmm. for the the lower mortality rates. That would be another mm-hmm. another big segment of sales for us too. Hey, John. Yes, sir. Do you know they do every segment of making the you know, I was the just, wi- their own I was, wire? I was just going to, Frank, I was just going to mention that the reason, you know, the, you know, there's some good hooks out there, a lot of the ones from Japan that are very high quality. But, boy, you pay for them. And sure. I'm not saying that Mustad is cheap because to make quality, you can't do it cheap. But what's what I find very interesting that you taught me is that virtually every um, part of the process you guys do yourself, and most of it you invented yourself. Yep. So yep. that it's yep. not uh, you know it's not to do this and somebody puts a bend in it. So yep. tell yep. us a little yep. bit about tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, I mean we 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 source all of our. All of our steel for the manufacturing, we draw all our own wire at the original facility uh, in Norway. Now we do have production facilities across the globe right now where where hooks get bent, where packaging gets done, where where jigs get tied. Um, but really, where you know our our claim claim is really being able to completely control and own that production process all the way from sourcing to distribution. Um, that's. That's something that really not a lot of companies, not even just fishing tackle companies. I mean, that's really you know a claim to fame that a lot of companies uh, can't tout there, which is you know it's great to be a part of. It's it's a well, fun company yeah, you to work have, with. You have a hundred percent control. very well. Together. You have a hundred percent control over the quality. Yep, that's true. And I know that people might think because they're ubiquitous that you know that they're you know they're not that not uh, not that high of a quality but sure. i think uh, penny for penny they're probably the highest quality hooks you can buy yeah and you know obviously with the amount of volume that we produce on a on a daily basis i mean that that allows to keep costs uh, fairly competitive in the marketplace also mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Because I tie on about eighty percent of my flies are tied on mustad hooks. Mm-hmm. Is the one one interesting thing about working for this organization? I think everybody has a has a mustad story. Whether whether it was your father or grandfather, someone got you into it. You know, we do have that long. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we started talking about types of hooks. Um, So we've got basically, you were talking about fly and circle hooks, which I want to get back to. Uh, But things like trout hooks 
or you know standard uh, you know if you're fishing for rockfish or if you're fishing for landlocked salmon what what type of hooks do you use yeah i mean you know you can kind of summarize those in a few ways i mean those could be you know simple excuse me simple j bend hook um, some people use the term aberdeen you know another popular terminology for uh, for a j style hook that you can use for for trout or crappie or you know panfish in general um you know, but really, there just there is so much so much carryover between what you can what you can apply a, a hook for. I mean, I think you know, personal experience. It's uh, you know, so much has to do with matching the size to the bait. I think that's really mm. I think that's really what let's is. Let's talk you know, about that. We're going to bring can, we're going to keep you for another segment. So let's make sure we touch on that. Sure. Yeah. And we've only got a couple of minutes. I want to talk about circle hooks but let's save that for the for the next segment um but you know fishing hooks sound simple but mm-hmm. it's so confusing sure. as to what type you know and what is the different names and how do you describe it and what does it mean yeah. um as you said the sizes you start with uh i guess a one and the higher the number the smaller the hook and once you get below one it's a one ought so yep. the higher the lower the number, I guess, is the size of the hook. So, you know, one one ought, um, and you go up to Frank was asking about a ten ought. I don't know what he's going to mm-hmm. do with that, but uh, you know, that's basically what the sizes mean. But sure. that's still, you know, what does that mean? Is that yeah, the, is that the length? Is that the gap? Is that the, the shank? Or what the heck does that mean? It, it's both. I mean, it, or I should say, it's all three of the things you mentioned. You know, as as a hook gets gets larger in size, you know, uh, a ten off versus eleven off, you know, not only will the shank increase a little bit, but also the gap will increase a little bit. Um, you know, and even between our our different product lines, you know, we'll have one product line that's a standard wire, and then we'll go two x strong, and we'll go three x strong. Oh, so strong. would that be the gauge? Of the, would that be the gauge of the wire? Yeah, exactly. Yep, you're keeping the same shape, but you're increasing the gauge of the wire. You know, depending on the again the bait that you're using or the fish that you're going after. You mm-hmm. know, most guys right now, like in the SoCal market, are using a three X or a four X strong hook for fighting their yellowfin or bluefin because yeah. you're using a very small bait. Right. Uh, but you need something super strong to oh, be able to get those fish in. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to take a break, but as I promised, we're gonna talk about circle hooks. And what was the other thing that we you mentioned we need to bait talk sizing. about? Bait sizing. Bait sizing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I still get confused. Uh, and so let's let's take a, just about a three-minute break, and then uh, we'll talk off air and figure, you know, you can help me so I can know what questions to ask. Because it's, a, again, it's, hooks can be very confusing. And if you know some basics on it, it'll help a lot. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show as many times as you want, right on the front page. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. 
EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. A full surface fly shop, his and her fly fishing, offers FFI certified international fly fishing instructor and guide service with Frank Selby. Listen to Frank as host of fishhunttalkradio.com or listen live Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sirius XM Radio Channel 211. Custom flies are handmade to, to your order in house in Newport Beach. Fishing in Mexico, Belize, Florida, or the Rockies, Frank and the staff will deliver exactly what you need flies and gear google his and her fly fishing a few years ago a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable non-skid and wouldn't mark the decks today these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers boaters professional guides and charter captains go to softscience.com to see more soft science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support several styles come in all sizes enjoy the soft science shoe in the water and out check them out at softscience.com Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and of course we have our host Frank Selby. And uh, we were just been talking to uh, uh, Matt Swainbank, National Sales Manager. By the way, I guess that's a congratulations, National Sales Manager. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And, uh, and probably a good reason for it. I bet you don't spend much time at home, do you? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I try to find the, the work-life balance as much as possible. Well, I just, um, yeah, but you've got a new uh, a member of your family, don't you? Yep, that's true. Yeah, I, I have been home the past few weeks that we welcomed up. A baby girl in our family here. Yeah. Oh, man. Little girls and fathers. Now, that's pretty special. Yeah, very special. And, of course, she she probably is. Well, at three months, she's uh, still a baby, but... You know, yeah. but real quick she starts she starts turning into a woman and well you're in trouble then. <laughs> yeah, night, she's already night, been out she's night. already been out fishing with her father yeah. a couple times. Oh that's great. <laughs> see, that's the problem good. is just recommend you it's just you and your yeah. wife you and your wife and the baby, right? Yep, exactly. You, you know what that yep. mean you know what that means? What's that? It means you don't stand a chance, it's two against one. <laughs> 
we got a female dog too. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, that's fantastic. I congratulate you again. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Where were we? Um, couple of Circle things. Hooks. Oh, okay. Let's go to Circle Hooks. Now, sure. I remember, gosh, it must have been 15 years ago, maybe longer, um, a uh, uh, charter captain that I used, used to use a lot. And I said, what can I bring you? He says, bring me Circle Hooks because they couldn't get them down there. Uh, what's that? And he goes, well, the point goes up and it kind of curves back towards the, the shank. And I go, oh, okay. I've seen those. But no. Uh, some of them go up and they kind of curve back. But these things are perpendicular to the shank or even more yep. so. And um, I'll let you describe why that does it. It's like, sure. a, it's like a miracle. And uh, you can use them for a lot of things. I know big game down there, that's the number one thing. Sure. Um, and tell us why that is. Well, I mean, circle hooks have a lot of benefits. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is the, the low mortality rate with a circle hook. So it's basically a, a hook that the fish won't fully swallow. It's, uh, you know, not not 100% guaranteed, but, you know, it's virtually guaranteed to always go in the corner of that fish's mouth. That's huge benefit, obviously, to the, to the angler and to our, our catch-and-release fisheries. You know, I think the other big benefit of, of circle hooks from a from a uh, usability standpoint is the fact that you do not set the hook on those. So basically, you uh, you know you let the fish basically take take that hook and uh, and basically it'll set set the hook on itself. Well, is, typically a, great. a fish, especially if it's fatly grabs a bait, yeah. um, the first thing they do is run about 20 to 30, 40 sure. feet because they want to get away, get that bait away from their their friends and neighbors that want it also. So they'll just kind of run away. In the meantime, you know, they'll start swallowing the bait. And, you know, a lot of times I've seen some pretty funny pictures of people feeling a tug, so they just wail on it. And, of course, they lose it. But what happens is in the natural process, they, they swallow the hook, but with just a little bit of tension, the hook comes up, and with that uh, barb, it gets caught in their jaw. And then if you want to set the hook, you can give it you know, a pretty good yank to, to make sure you got it on. But don't ever, ever use a circle hook and then try and set the hook when you get a bite. Yes, that, hey, that is a correct statement. You will usually just pull the hook right out of that fish's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but once they're hooked, they stay hooked. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a uh, into the bone. it is a pretty pretty good system. And if you're using your rods and a rod holder, like a lot of people mm-hmm. do out on boats, um, you know you don't always have to react as as quickly as some other situations when you go to. Uh, to reel that fish in. You know, you yeah, just, and, that and drag by, by the way, what you do is you don't give it a tight drag. Yep. Just let them, let them run, t- let them take it, and when you feel a good, hard, steady pull, you can increase the drag, you know, and just uh, then if you want to set the hook or just start, start winding hard. Sure, yep. Did you ever get a chance to try that out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've used it several times and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the most avid saltwater angler. I'm more of a, uh, a trout and steelhead guy myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, well, what uh, about using circle hooks on trout and steelhead? Normally you don't. 
No, usually you don't. No, I, I do have some people that will use a very small circle hook for trout, but, um, you know, typically with trout, you're, you're holding on to the rod or you're retrieving um, or just the bait that you're using doesn't really apply for, mm-hmm. for that fishing technique. Well, typically trout, you know, you if you get a nibble, you know, they don't... Uh, you know, they don't grab hold of it with their hands. Correct. And they yep. start pulling yep. on it. They, uh, yeah. You know, if you get a nibble, uh, depend- then you do set the hook. Yeah, depending on the species, yes, trout definitely are not the most aggressive. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so if you feel a bite, set the hook, or it might decide, no, nah, that's not what I thought it was. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, circle hooks, I uh, can't say enough. And you're sending me some to take down to Mexico with me in a couple of weeks, and I'll put them to good use for you as they work for uh, work for pretty much everything that's yeah, you need there. the circle hook John mm-hmm. <laughs> he's clawing getting to the rod he wants somebody else there to fight in for him well you know Frank as I mentioned to you my idea of fishing in Mexico um, is the boat has a, uh, a queen size bed and a berth up front and you know, I like the cocktail waitress to come back and say, with a little bell, and say, "Excuse me, Mr. Hannigan, but your fish is on." <laughs> so it takes it takes me a minute or two to to get up there and pick up the rod, and then of course if it's a luxury fishing. If of course if it's too if it's too big, I go now. Nah, I'll hand it off the rod. So that's too much work. <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. But uh, no, I love fishing down there. There's, and I definitely need some circle hooks. Um, so, what was, oh, J-hooks. Let's just talk about them. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're the man. <laughs> oh, you're, you're leaving it to me. Yeah, hey, I mean, I'm the host. J-hooks. I ask the questions. I don't have to answer them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, J-hooks is really, I mean, it's the standard shape that, that people, you know, kind of envision typically when you see a fishing hook. Um, you know, and I think the big thing with J-hooks is, is really just matching matching the hook size to the bait, right? I mean, that's, well, that's, I'd like to talk about that. First of all, I want to go back to circle hooks. One of the problems with circle hooks, you get a pretty big hook, but that, you know, circle, the tip on the end, it goes right back to the shank and doesn't leave you much of a gap. And sometimes it's not easy, you know, to fit the bait through that. Um, so if you've got, and down there they have these things called cabellitos and mackerel that they use for live bait. Uh, is there any tricks on um, uh, baiting those? Uh, you know, I mean, typically uh, it's so hard, right? I mean, I, I typically rely on, on my local fishery experts, the tackle shops, the captains, to, to make that call. I mean, sometimes you will go thread a live bait through the mouth. Sometimes you go through the back. Sometimes it goes to the tail. You know, depending on that, that position of where you put the hook, uh-huh. that could really affect how that bait swims, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so typically it's, it's kind of leaning on the on those experts in the fishery to be able to tell you, you know, oh, hey, we want to rig this on the back. We're trying to keep keep that bait, you know, a little oh. bit higher in the water column yeah. um, versus maybe... Well, norm- normally, normally I'd try and put it through the nose. Yep, yeah, and going through the nose will typically, you know, drag that bait down a little bit, which sometimes, depending on where the fish are, mm-hmm. uh, that might be something you want to do. Oh, by putting it at the back, then the fish will swim around more? Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, different. and especially if you have some tension on the line, you can really control the way that fish swims, and you can keep it a little bit closer to the surface. Well, you know, I'm just making another quick comment. Uh, this is different than fly fishing, Frank, is that... Uh, um, when you when you put a bait on, um, oh God, I had this great question. I've got to find it again. Is uh, um, you know we talked about just letting it swim, um, but you know I usually go through the nose. But what you're saying that if you go to the back, you get more action out of the bait fish. Is that is that what you said, Matt? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, never tried of that. And then, uh, you know, some people use two hooks. Um, I don't. I mean, if you're going to use two hooks, uh, by the way, um, you let one just dangle free. Because if fish doesn't come up and, uh, you know, take its little teeth and bite into it, what it does is it sucks in this huge amount of water. And everything that's in front of it goes goes into its mouth and its yep. gills, and then it kind of finds out what it wants, and the rest of it goes away. So you don't, uh, uh, by a dangling hook, you'd be surprised how many fish will catch the one without bait on it. Yeah, yeah, it really helps yeah. help you to make the connection on the short strike for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Is this the way the the way the fish eat? They don't come up and you know grab it with their hands or a knife and fork and take a bite. <laughs> not not the bite that we're used to. Yeah. Uh, Frank, you've got some questions. I know we're getting close on time. Real oh, quick. No, go fact, right ahead. You're doing fine. Well, we got less than a minute. I, most of the stuff we're talking we about, I've known for years. Yeah. Some of it I haven't. So. All right. All right. Well, I think we've covered circle hooks. Um, and you need some in your tackle box, but we didn't really cover circle hooks as far as uh, fresh water, though. Do you want to mention that, uh, Matt? Yeah, typically, I mean, you know, like I said before, it's, it's more popular in salt water, but typically, you know, you can go into our catalog or our website and you can find lots of models, maybe something, a 1X fine wire. I'm sorry, Matt, but I didn't realize before we let you go, we got to take a quick break. So if you don't mind holding that thought, and we'll come back and have about five minutes with you. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Uh, just go to, uh, or just go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to the show. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the soft science fin fishing shoes and boots and the fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, Aftco makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says Aftco, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Fish on! Yeah, it's a big one. 
Super passionate sports fishermen who value first-class fishing experiences paired with personalized service and amenities. All-inclusive Salmon Falls Fishing Resort on the Inland Passage reinvents the Ketchikan fishing getaway. Guests enjoy exceptional gourmet cuisine, superior fishing excursions, fully guided charter or self-guided in center console boats accommodating three anglers, updated guest rooms, and suites. On-site fishing processing to clean, freeze, and pack your catch. Rooms range from log cabin rustic to modern. Our 52 rooms offer the ultimate in comfort after a long day of sightseeing, fishing, and exploring Ketchikan. Non-anglers love Salmon Falls, too. Shopping along Creek Street, kayaking, hiking, whale watching, or gathering around our fire pits with a hot beverage. All at prices less than expected. Just pull up Salmon Falls Resort in your search engine. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, our host, Frank Selby, and we have Matt Swainback, the National Sales Manager. Congratulations. Of Mustad Hooks, it's been around for, gosh, uh, what, 100 years, 150 years? Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, well over, well and over cert- 100 years. It's certainly the biggest uh, worldwide and the highest because they have complete control over the whole process. A uh, couple of questions. Sure. Uh, one of the things we didn't talk about was the gauge of the wire. Yep. You can have the same size hook but different gauge of wire. Sure. So mention that and when, do you, when and why. Yeah, typically, you know, we make a lot of popular hook um, shapes and styles in multiple different gauge thicknesses. So you can go from a, you know, standard wire 2X, 3X. I believe we even have some hooks that are 7X in strength. Um, And typically, you're just doing that depending on, you know, the fish that you're going after. I mean, as you increase that wire strength, obviously, you're, you're... or that wire thickness, you're increasing the strength. So if you're going after, you know, some really hard biting fish, some bony mouth fish, uh, sometimes you want to increase that that thickness of the wire gauge just to prevent any any hook bending. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's walking that fine line between having a uh, a hook that the fish can't see and also oh. being able to reel the fish in. You know. Well, normally the finer gauge would be for freshwater, wouldn't it? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that's that, that's the case. I mean, but you know, we have uh, obviously you know salmon can, can fall into either of those those categories where you want to be as inconspicuous as possible when you're mm-hmm. targeting them. Mm-hmm. And Frankie, yeah. you had a question for us, I think, for Matt. Yeah, I'll, no, you almost answered it. But a thin wire hook we use a lot on fly fishing because sure. a lot of our top bait we use, flies we use. So we use the thin wire. 
But you hope you don't get a giant fish on it. I've never straightened out one yet, but I'm always worried one day I will. Well, Frank, you're also wondering about treble hooks. Now, to me, it seems like they're less popular than they used to be. And a lot of times people will just clip one of those off to make it a double instead of a triple. But do you have any comments on that and when you use it? I think the only time yeah. I ever see them is uh, on the back of lures, and a lot of times people will take those off and put a single hook on. Yeah, that definitely happens. You know, like our trout and salmon fisheries now switching out a treble hook to a, a single hook. You know, sometimes it really makes your, your lure, your spin actually perform a lot better in the water, actually give it better action. But, you know, our bass fishing market, um, treble hooks are so extremely, extremely popular. Um, we have a patented design called uh, triple grip, and basically it's the way that the, the hook points angle in, um, and really it just prevents that, that those bass from being able to shake those off. So we've we've created that design with you know one of the most world renowned anglers in the world, Kevin Van Dam. That's something oh. that we we invented with him back in the day that helped him win you know countless. Uh, different tournaments so mm-hmm. yeah, the treble hook market is still very good for us and we see a lot of people that switch out their their stock hooks on lures to our triple grip hooks mm, okay okay yeah so there is a purpose, there is um, a purpose. I mean, it's Absolutely. not like but it's not like you get three times the um the catch because you know not all three usually are where the points go into the thing you're gonna yep, get yep. usually it doesn't work like that well what's the purpose of it for, for a treble hook? Yeah. I mean, I usually you don't get all three hook points in the mouth, but at least you have, you know, you have more opportunity to at least get one, if not two, into that fish's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of times you'll see treble hooks actually help to, to counterbalance some lures. So depending on, you know, on how the, the lures swim and, and perform mm-hmm. in the water, sometimes having that right size and weight treble hook really helps to actually increase the performance mm-hmm. um, as we're talking about that. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we're getting, John, the, we're getting the figure again. Real quick, John. Yes. Uh, I like treble hooks when I'm taking kids out fishing for bonita. So the one hook goes through the nose, the other two are up. So when they get oh. the end, they're hooked. Oh, so you yeah, put one the in the bait. The other, yeah, the other will just kind of grab yeah, because when they do it. Okay. Well, um, Frank's giving me the finger, I mean, uh, Mark, so we're going to have to end this segment. Matt, you've been a plethora of information, and we'd love to get you back on as much as we can, because you can't cover 6,000 hooks in, in, in one show. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show as many times as you want, right on the front page. Fishtalkradio.com. Listen to Fish Talk Radio. Fish Talk Radio.